Good morning. Today we are going to wrap up our series that we've been in for the last couple of weeks. And that series, if you haven't been with us, is called Ask It. It's been a series where we've been looking at a question that helps us kind of have a filter of the question that can help us answer all other questions. And that question was, does anybody remember? Is this decision wise for me? And then we flushed that out a little bit and we said, is this decision wise for me based on my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams? And so like that video said, today we're going to be looking at this same idea, the same um, idea and principle for finding wisdom when it comes to time. See, time is one of those things that is so limited, and it's probably our greatest asset as human beings. See, we can count our friends, we can count our money, but we can't count the amount of time that we have left. And so if there's ever a thing for us to understand how to make wise decisions when it comes to, it's time. If you're in this room today and you're not a Christian, I want you to know that this message can still apply for you. But if you are a Christian in the room today, uh, this is one of those things that we can't get away from, we can't get around. Scripture is very clear that every good gift is from the Father. And Scripture tells us that we have to be good stewards of the things that we're blessed with. And so time is not an exemption from that. Time is something that we have to be a good steward over. And so as we look at this scripture, um, I hope that we can start making wise decisions when it comes to time. I want to start out today by looking at Job chapter 14, verses 5. It says this, it says, mortals have a limited lifespan. You've already decided how long we'll live. You set the boundary and no one could cross it. You see, Job understood that our days are numbered. Job understood that there was no getting around the fact that life is but a vapor. And so he had this question, and we have this question today to answer for ourselves. What are we going to do with the time that we have here on earth? Are we going to make our lives count for something, or are we going to spend our lives doing menial things that die when we do? I want to go through this scripture a little bit more, but before we do, would you pray with me? God, just thank you for a chance to be in your house today. God, I want to thank you for the fathers in the room, but ultimately I want to thank you for being the greatest father of all. Lord, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And as we look today at time and how to make wise decisions when it comes to time, God, I just pray that you guide this message. I pray that you guide its words. Um, Lord, and I just pray that if there's people here who are searching, longing for something, that they'll meet you in this place because we know you're here. God, thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So one thing that I know is true about time is that we can overeat, we can overspend, we can overachieve, but we can't overlive. And so this morning, as we break down this idea of time, I want to talk about four quick observations that we can make when we look at time. Um, These aren't very deep theological truths. These aren't things that you probably have never heard, but maybe they're um, worded a little bit differently that can help you get there and understand um, these true points about time. The first one is this. Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. Let me say that again. Investing small amounts of time over time is cumulative. Another word for that word cumulative is summative. Basically what that means is over time you're building into something big. Let me give you an example. One thing that we do that's cumulative is going to the gym. You go to the gym, go to the gym, go to the gym, go to the gym, and eventually you see results. Uh, Another thing is relationships or our spiritual walk. You, You pray every single day or you make the commitment to go to a Bible study every single week. I think that it wouldn't be a far stretch to say that very few people's lives are radically changed from one church service. Very few people's lives are radically changed from one moment where they pray at church camp. See, it takes daily decision, daily sacrifice, daily walk, these small deposits of time that add up over a greater period of time. But you see, the trouble that we get in when we look at this is this idea that if we miss one time, it's not really that big of a deal. 
You know, we see that with the gym. Um, your friend calls you up and says, hey, you want to go get a milkshake instead of working out today? And you have a, a regiment. You know, you work out five times a week. Well, that one time really isn't going to hurt you that much. Um, but the same thing is true, is that one time really isn't going to benefit you that much either. And so if you decide, you know what, today I'm going to work out, people aren't going to look at you and go, man, you look good, you know? <laughs> They're not going to give you one of these on your arms and say, have you been working out? Because it's cumulative. It builds upon itself. It's time after time after time. The second thing um, that's a, a pretty general observation is this, that neglect is also cumulative. Neglect is also cumulative. And unfortunately, neglect is also easy and costly. Easy and costly. Uh, let me explain what I mean. Um, when we think about this idea and this principle of setting goals for ourselves and what we want to achieve in our life and things like that. Um, you know, we have New Year's resolutions and all these lists of things we want to accomplish. Goals are really just the desires of our heart, things that we want, that we want to seek after. And sometimes, subconsciously, or, or whether we want to or not, um, we subconsciously in our minds make the decision that we're going to neglect specific things in our life. So you might not verbalize this, but your life says, you know what, I'm going to ignore church for 52 weeks of the year. Or I'm going to ignore my family for six months out of the year, and six months I'm going to be a good dad. Or I'm going to do um, golf, 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 or me, 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 and never ever think about another person, especially, you know, God, this person that I might believe in, I don't really know. You see, neglect is cumulative. And unfortunately, it's really easy to do because it doesn't take a whole lot of effort. But it does cost you something. Um, a situation that might help you understand what I'm saying here is maybe in your life you experience tragedy. Something happens. Something shakes you. You go through something really, really hard and difficult. And, and you say, you know what? I, want, I remember this God guy, and I know that he gives comfort and peace and rest, and I want to know him. But because of decision after decision after decision, after bad choice after bad choice after bad choice, you're so far away from God that you're like, I don't even know how to pray. I don't even know how to get there. I don't even know what to do because you've created a desert between you and God with your wrong decision after wrong decision after wrong decision. See, neglect is cumulative, easy, and costly. The third observation I want to make about time this morning is that random has no cumulative value. Random has no cumulative value. Think about that for a second. Imagine <clears throat> you want to learn how to play an instrument. You know, people tell you when you're trying to learn how to do something like that, you need to practice 20 minutes at least five days of the week. So if you think back to that time when you tried to learn an instrument at all the things you did in place of practicing your instrument, what do you get? You decide to sleep in a little bit more. You decide to go play a round of golf. You decide to do this or that or the other. And eventually you just have this big pile of random, and random equals random. And so instead of this summative, this cumulative pile, this meaningful pile for something that's good, you have nothing, this pile of randomness. When I was a kid, I thought I was rich when I was five years old when I had $3 and I could go to the dollar store. I don't know how many of you are like that, but you go in the store and you just buy as much crap as you can possibly buy. And uh, that stuff doesn't last very long. Um, it's typically really breakable. Um, typically it's stuff that if you try to eat it, the stuff that's edible isn't, and the stuff that isn't kind of is. It's a weird thing, I don't know but you can get a lot of stuff for little value. You know, so often that's what we do is we have a lot of random, we, we invest our time in a lot of random junk that at the end of the day really amounts to a whole lot of nothing. And we choose that junk over something summative, something good, instead of saving those couple of dollars time after time after time after getting it to get something really meaningful, important. We blow our money, we blow our time on things that really, really at the end of the day don't matter.
they don't matter. And the last observation I want to make about time this morning for us is this. In the areas that matter most, you can't pull an all-nighter. In the areas that matter the most, you can't pull an all-nighter. Uh, let me explain that a little bit. Um, everybody has been in this situation, if you've ever been in school, which is pretty much everyone in this room, um, especially in college, um, you, you slack off, you know, the whole semester. You have fun, you do your thing, whatever, and it's the night before your finals, and you go get all the monster you can possibly get, and you start throwing it back, and you find your friends, and you're buying um, old tests from them, so you can try to study and cram and cram and cram and cram, and then you get into the room, and you say, you know what? I'm going for that C because C's get degrees. Amen? And you, you nail it. You crush it. And by crush it, I mean you get that C minus that helps you continue on. Um, and you feel so good about yourself. Or maybe for you it's not school, but it's a business uh, proposal. And you totally mind blanked and you forgot you had it. And you know you have to go in and lead this meeting. And so you get there to the office an hour early and you start cramming and cramming and cramming. And you're pumped up on adrenaline and you're like, man, I'm crushing. I'm going to always be a procrastinator. And that's pretty much what I do with my life. And, uh, <laughs> kidding. And you start and you give this speech and you nail it. And people say, that's so good. But you see, here's the reality though. That works for those things. But anything that's really, really important, anything that really matters in life, you cannot pull an all-nighter. Let me give you an example. You see this a lot with your parents when they get older, and you're in a hospital room, and you're looking at your father who you haven't talked to in the last 15 years. You say, you know what, I want to, I want to spend time with my dad, and I want a relationship, and I want, to, I want to have that. But for whatever reason, you couldn't make time in your schedule. You were too busy, you had work, or other things that were more important than that meaningful investment of time. So you can't pull an all-nighter to make up for that lost time. Same is true in your spiritual walk. You can't pull an all-nighter. When you get to a place in your life when you, you just want that genuine, deep, meaningful thing, because anything that is genuine and deep, spiritual maturity has that word maturity at the end because it takes time to develop and to build and to have. But see, so often we, we operate under this context, that we can just have it immediately if we want it. We can have it immediately if you want it. How many of you guys have ever heard of the mega workout? Some of you guys might not have heard of that, but you've done this. You have looked at yourself in the mirror one morning, and you, you say, man, I'm, I'm nasty. And your, your landles, which are your love handles, new word for you, are really, really showing. Uh, maybe for you, your muffin top is like just hanging out, and you're like, this is disgusting. I need to do something about this. And so you decide that you're going to go to the gym, and you work out on every single machine, not just once, but twice. You get your mile in, you do your cardio, you do your abs, your core, everything. You just destroy your body. You run way more than you know your body physically can. The next morning, you wake up, and your body has a message for you. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Maybe another example is Golden Corral. If I can say anything to you guys, it's this. Never, ever, ever eat at Golden Corral. Amen? It'll save you a lot of trouble. Um, I think that's like one of the examples God gives us on earth of hell. But don't eat at Golden Corral. But my point to that is this. Same thing. You eat and eat and eat all this nasty food, and afterwards you walk away just feeling sick. Just feeling sick to your stomach. Some of you guys might leave this place and say, man, I was really convicted at church, and I need to get back in my word. And you sit down, and you just read the entire Bible front to back. You walk away with a massive headache, more confused than when you started. <laughs> See, that's not good either. It's cumulative over time, small deposits of time every single day saying, I'm going to make a 30-minute commitment to read my Bible. 
I'm going to make a 30-minute commitment to, to work out, to keep my body healthy and, and good. I'm going to make a 30-minute commitment every day to invest in a relationship and make it meaningful and good. Maybe for you, you're a person who really, at this point in your life, wants family time. And it's something that you've neglected for a long time. And so what you're going to do is you're going to sit down at the table at 6 o'clock in the morning and you're going to eat for 8 hours. Now there's a reason my family doesn't do family vacation. And it's because the thought of being trapped in a car as a family for 8 hours is horrifying. I mean, most of you guys can agree to that if you have a big family. See, everything is healthy over time. It's the way God intended it. Every day walking, every day deciding, not all in one lump sum. And we know that because of Ephesians. Um, we talked about this two weeks ago. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Ephesians um, chapter 4, or chapter 5 rather, sorry, verses 15 through 16. We read these two weeks ago, and I want to look at them again because I think it applies to this message this morning. It says this, Look carefully then how you walk. Now I want to say again that how you walk literally translates to your daily life. Look carefully then how you live your daily life, your day-to-day. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Now listen, this is what Paul finds most important. See, he's just setting up the scene. He says, not as unwise, but as wise. So he's about to tell us the one thing that he wants us to seek wisdom in the most. Making the best use of your time. Making the best use of your time. You see, Paul could have talked about a lot of things that could bring wisdom into our life, but he decided the most important thing in this moment was to talk about how we use our time. And it says, because the days are evil. See, we talked about that a little bit two weeks ago, but the days are evil was probably something very specific in this time when Paul was writing to this group of people. But the same applies to us today. You see, if we were to just go as what the culture says and tells us how we should spend our time, what would our lives look like as a church? Because culture says, spend eight hours binge-watching Netflix. Culture says, spend your entire week doing things for yourself that make you feel good, look good. Culture says that it's about you, not about God or anybody else. Culture says it's about a name on a door or power or money or wealth or all these things. And then God says in his word, he says, that stuff doesn't matter. That's nothing. So Paul's warning us of that. He's saying, listen, be aware Walk in the way that is wise and make the most of your time because the days will deceive you and they are evil. Now we talked about the the idea of make the most of your time and that translates basically to redeem your time. Redeem your time. Redeem your time. And so my question this morning that I think we can look at as a church um, as we close out this message and this sermon series as a whole is this. Where in our life do we need to begin making consistent deposits of time. Where in our life do we need to start making consistent deposits of time? Go back to the original question that we talked about. Based on my past experiences, maybe for you, you're sitting here in this room and Father's Day is a really hard holiday for you because you had a crappy dad. You had a low-life dad who was not present in your life, who chose a bottle over you. And so Father's Day is hard for you because you have some serious trust issues. Church is hard because you feel like you're being judged and looked at because you come from a broken home. Maybe for you, this idea of what is wise for me when it comes to where I spend my time is you saying, you know what, I'm going to purposely and intentfully plug myself into a fellowship and a family and and start connecting to a father who won't walk out the door. I'm going to spend every day working to be a father that was better than my dad because I'm not named by my family tree. 
then we look at the second thing, based on my current circumstances. When I was in high school, I thought that I was so busy. I literally thought that I had no time. You know, I had football and student council and school board and school stuff and all this junk. And now I'm 21 and I'm finishing up school and I'm taking 15 hours online and I'm working full time. I'm going, I had so much time in high school. And then I look at my parents' life and I'm like, whoo, that's what I have to look forward to. Yes. But think about that. If I were to, in high school, look through this lens, how do I want to spend my time based on my current circumstances? I probably would have wrote a novel. I probably would have traveled. I probably would have invested in relationships because I would have said, you know what, I have time to based on your current circumstances. And then lastly, based on your future hopes and dreams. Think about the things in your life that you want for your future. What are the first steps you start needing to take every single day, the daily choices that you need to start taking for your future hopes and dreams? Maybe for you, you're sitting in this room, and this is just a very practical truth that I think we need to talk about in the church. And you say, you know what? Health-wise, I know I'm struggling. And I know that I'm supposed to respect my body and keep it holy. And, and God gave me this life, and so I need to make sure that I'm living it to the fullest. Maybe your step for the future goal is setting a goal to lose some weight or to start eating right. And every single day, you're depositing small amounts of time towards that goal. Maybe it's something um, like in financially, where you know that you have a mountain of debt. And you make a goal and you say, you know what, every single day, I'm going to pay off a little bit. I'm going to pay off a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And it doesn't seem so big when you break it down into these every single daily chips. It's like you're chipping away at the rock. Chipping away at the rock. And then maybe for you in your spiritual life, you're at a place right now where you're like, you know what, I'm spiritually not well, and I know that. And I, I can see where I want to be. I know what I want my life to look like, but I don't know how to get there. Well, the answer, guys, is every single day clinging to this truth. The answer every single day is saying, you know what, I'm going to get in my word, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to spend time around godly people, and I'm going to go to a Bible study, and I'm going to go to that church thing because I need people to speak truth into me. See, what happens is a year will go by after you've done that, and you're going to look back at your life and say, man, I'm a changed person. I'm different. Because when Satan starts lying to you because he's the great deceiver and telling you that you're unworthy and telling you all these lies, you can say, you know what? I have truth that says you're an idiot. I know better. And you start living, walking in victory, the victory that you can claim if you're a Christian in this room today. So if that's for you, maybe that's your small step, those places where you need to start investing your time. See, because the one reality that I want you to leave here knowing is this, where you invest your time, you invest your life. Think about that. Where you invest your time is where you invest your life. Uh, when I was thinking about this message, uh, I wanted to use these football helmets. This is the product of 12 years of football. A huge, huge chunk of who I was as a person growing up and as a kid can you believe that my head was actually this small at one point in time? <laughs> a lot of memories, though, with these helmets. A lot of stained football pants that mom always had to get perfectly clean. A lot of broken bones, concussions, nosebleeds, memories. My nickname when I was playing first through fourth grade for the Raiders, because my mom always had to make my pants really, really clean, was Snuggle. This was fifth and sixth grade. It was a little bit better. Uh, I had a football coach who was also an assistant coach my first through fourth grade year, but I always spiked up my hair, and so my nickname this year was Princess. It got a little bit better when I went to the Longhorns um, because 
Coach Kramer was a little bit nicer. And so my nickname this year was Cupcake. They actually let me, started letting me play defense this year, so that was good. And then I got into high school, and for four years of high school, I was known as Hollywood. You know, I came in today, and somebody said, boy band looks really good on you. I don't know why I give off that impression. But my point is, I put a lot of time and heart into football. It was a big part of who I was, how I identified as a person. And then I went to school, to college at Campbellsville on campus um, on a football scholarship, believe it or not. I weighed 20 pounds more. Um, And after about a month of training and scrimmaging and getting prepared for what I thought was going to be a great football season, I had to make a choice. Um, We were doing this revival on campus, and I got asked to be a part of it, but I was going to have to miss a lot of football practice and a scrimmage game. And so I went to my football coach, and I said, man, I really want to be a part of this. I want to do Oasis on Thursday nights, which I know is when we do, you know, uh, weights, but I really want to get out of it. I need to do this for me. You know, I feel called into the ministry. I feel like God has gifted me to do this, and he wants me to do this. I need to do this. And he looked at me, and he said, Blake, very clearly, you you just got to make a choice. You just have to make a choice. And I started thinking back on my life of all the time I had invested into football and who, how it had made me a person, a better person. And started thinking about the fact that when I woke up every day at Campbellsville for that first month, I felt like I couldn't walk and how I wanted to be able to play with my kids someday and how ministry was so important to me. And so I made a choice. And I decided to give up football and start working with the BCM, doing Oasis, doing the revival. At that revival, we had 64 people give their lives to Christ. 64 people. And out of those 64 people, we had a handful of people that were on the football team that said, you know what? They saw what I did and said, I'm going to go over with you because I want to be a part of that. Now, that's not a me thing, guys. That's a God thing. That's God moving through a situation. That's what I'm talking about. When Scripture says, redeem your time, I had put so much time into this. And as much as I love football, as much as it taught me about life, at the end of the day, it's just a game. But God redeemed it and said, listen, I'm going to use that time for my good. For my good. And because of football, I was able to talk to three people on the football team who I might not have ever, ever, ever had influence over. See, God will redeem your time. And my point of this whole story is this. Maybe you've spent your entire life investing in things that really don't matter. Maybe you're at a place in your life where you're looking back and you go, man, I've wasted so much time. God can redeem those situations. If you've been chasing that dollar bill, if you've been chasing a name on a door, use your position of power to redeem that time and start investing in the people below you. Discipling them, speaking truth into their life, building them up caring more about the people and the relationships than the paycheck. Maybe for you, you're in a position where you've wasted your entire life and you've pushed people away because of your brokenness, whether it was an addiction or a family situation, and you're at a place today where you're saying, you know what, I want to get to a better place. Use your brokenness to tell a story. Because listen, God wants to tell you today that you can be a redeemed child of the God. He doesn't waste hurts. And what a story you might have to tell to a person who feels lost, hopeless, down on their luck. They don't want to see pretty and put together and shirt and tie and holy. They want to see hopeless, but there's something different because they have hope and it's in something bigger than themselves. They want to see brokenness, but brokenness made beautiful by a redemptive God. And you can do that, only you. 
Would you use your time to speak truth into people's lives in those places of hurt? In those places of hurt. See, God wants to use you. It's all about being intentional and every day making these decisions to put small deposits of time and things that matter. Today is Father's Day and I wanted to talk about fathers a little bit, just a little bit. Now I'm not a father, but I have a pretty good dad. And one of the things that if I can say anything about fathers is this, I have a challenge for you if you're a dad in the room. One thing that my dad did really well is he was present. He was present. I challenge you to be a dad that shows up, that makes time for your family. We have a really good example of that in our Heavenly Father. He always shows up. He's always there and he's always faithful. And there's a, a true statement here in that in life, through all of time, through all of our brokenness, no matter where we've been, no matter where we're going, no matter what tomorrow might look like, if we even get tomorrow, there's this one truth, and that is we have a good, good father. It's who he is. And we're loved by him. It's who we are. It's so simple. But it's something that in those moments in life, in these pivotal points of life where we're trying to change direction, that we can cling to and say, you know what? I believe that I can make a difference. I believe that I can make a change because I have a good father who's leading me. And I know I'm loved. Ask Kent and Chris uh, to sing this song this morning. And while they're singing this, would you just think about how God is such a good, good father? And that no matter where you are in life, no matter how you've spent your time up until this point, that God can redeem your time because he is a father who loves you. Remember that love during the song.
It's who you are. It's who you are. 